Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Buskey. The goal of this podcast is to help improve the life and leadership of assistant principals. This podcast complements APEX, the Assistant Principal Acceleration Program, but you certainly don't need to be an APEX member to find value in the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Becca Silver, the founder and lead consultant at The Whole Educator. Becca has been posting some great stuff on LinkedIn, which is where we met. Becca is here today to help us explore the AP instructional coach relationship. Hi, Becca. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here today. Can you tell us briefly about the focus of your work and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, The focus of my work is I um, really work with instructional coaches on how to improve their coaching skills. And very specifically, uh, the kind of coaching that I do with them and also teach them how to do is called transformational coaching. And and I'm sure we'll dig a little bit more into that as we go. How, How did you get to this role? Uh, Well, I was a teacher for 10 years, and then I discovered my last year of teaching that I was really passionate about working with adults. And so when I became um, a coach at a school, I also became a life coach at the same time. I saw there was a large number of crossover skills. And so as I was coaching my teachers in instructional strategies and classroom management strategies, I also was... They're showing up to my door and crying about their toxic (laughs) (laughs) sister-in-law. And a hundred times that right now, huh? Mm -hmm, Yes. Okay. So uh, we always like to start with the celebration. What are you celebrating today? Today I am celebrating um, the really beautiful weather. Uh, Working virtually, I've discovered through the pandemic that weather really impacts me because I'm working from home. I'm most of the time, I'm not getting into a car and driving somewhere. And psychologically, I've discovered that the weather outside really gives me a strong sense of the day, the day's beginning, the day is going, the day's ending versus cloudy days and more um, I'm celebrating that. And, and where are you located? Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. All right. We're both, we're both North Carolinians then. So this podcast is built around the principles of strategic leadership, prioritizing purpose over urgency, addressing problems, not symptoms, driving incremental progress rather than big change, and focusing on people instead of tasks. And Becca, I'm excited to have you here today because your workforce focuses on that fourth and the most important aspect of strategic leadership, developing people. Mm-hmm. I thought we'd cover three main topics today. Understanding supporting instructional coaches right now, mm-hmm. collaboration between the assistant principal and the instructional coach, and then leveraging the instructional coach in difficult cases without undermining the instructional coach's role as a safe person for teachers. Sound mm-hmm. good? Yeah, sounds great. I'm okay. excited. <laughs> So we're recording this in January 2022, and Omicron is surging. Many of the assistant principals I'm working with are just trying to keep the ship afloat. It's frustrating because we all want to be helping our teachers grow, and I imagine ICs are in a similar space. Can you talk about what instructional coaches are experiencing right now? Yeah, instructional coaches are experiencing a lot of uh, tired and overwhelmed teachers. 
And so when I am working with them, they're like, don't make me go and make them do anything. There's a lot of giving teachers space. Um, you know, when, when I'm working with them, I'm really working with them to support teachers. And they're honestly scared in, in, in many ways because they don't want to, they don't want their teachers to feel further burdened. Um, and so in, in the absence of the skills of, of knowing how to support someone so that they feel supported, right, instead of burdened, they are, are doing the whole, I, I need to give them space thing. Yeah. So I've been having some conversations with some assistant principals and asking them really specifically, how are, how are you supporting your teachers right now? And we also talk about that, that growth question. Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> What are you telling your instructional coaches? How should they be supporting the teachers right now? Well, what I tell them, first of all, is teachers are diverse learners, just like their children. And so we should not be giving out blanket coaching strategies like do this thing with all of your teachers because it's not appropriate for all of your teachers. So the first thing I tell them is you need to get to know who your teachers are and how they need to learn. And teachers learn at different speeds and in different ways. And some teachers thrive with modeling and some don't. Some are really nervous around technology and need partnership around like, hey, let's do this together. And one of of my very common phrases that I say is don't treat people the way you would wanna be treated, treat people the way they would wanna be treated. And that that takes skill. That takes skill to understand how people want to be treated, right? Listening skills and an ability to read people, emotional intelligence. Um, That's good. That that quote will go in some highlights somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) So um, when we, when we get through this surge, I'm hopeful that our school leaders will be able to get back to the work of helping support teacher growth. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about how you see the role of the instructional coach within the instructional leadership team. And I always think of that instructional leadership team, ILT, as being uh-huh. principal, assistant principal, instructional coach. Mm-hmm. It's going to vary in, in places a little bit, but mm-hmm. how does the instructional coach fit into that? Well, the first thing I want to say is, what, and I love right your, your concept of the ILT and not all schools and school districts operate like that it's interesting because coaches are play very different roles in school so I never assume what their role actually is Um, sometimes they're the the program enforcer right they're the one that makes sure the teachers are teaching the specific reading program correctly Um, and so I do just want to address this whole mindset around that some coaches do not see themselves as leaders Mm. and that you know, you, oh yeah, I, we have to have a whole framing conversation around the word leader. And then they say, don't call me, I'm not a leader, right? And we have to have a conversation around, you know, framing the word leader. And so I, I just wanted to kind of say that, right? Yeah. Um, and then um, what would their role be? So I see coaches as um, being in team and partnership with teachers, so it, they're not um, formal, uh, you know, observers and evaluators. They are the champion of teachers. They are the ones standing for teachers to be at their highest potential. 
I think it's interesting because there is, I don't know how we got to this place, but, but the assumption kind of that, that principals and assistant principals are on one side, right? Their job mm-hmm. is because of that evaluative component. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's one of the things I'm trying to, to really help administrators come to the place on a, that their role is to support teachers. I always say mm-hmm. as a principal and then as assistant principal, you have two jobs, keep everybody safe mm-hmm. and improve student learning. Mm-hmm. And if you don't teach, mm-hmm. then the only way you improve student learning is supporting teacher growth. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's two sides of that that are a challenge. One is, is helping administrators really embrace that and, and just be able to manage so that they can have the time and develop the skills to do it. Mm-hmm. But then the second piece is also teaching your teachers that you are there to support them. And I think mm-hmm. the instructional coach is, is really a critical part of that link and, mm-hmm. and that really they have, they have a foot in each mm-hmm. circle. And, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things I think that can be tricky to, to navigate. And I've seen instructional coaches that really did not want to put a foot into that leadership circle, mm-hmm. but I've also seen other ones that, that were really hesitant to put the foot in the, I'm your support person and yeah. wanted to be maybe overly directive. Exactly. It really takes strong, um, what do you call, like, uh, I'm going to bring back emotional intelligence. It really does the ability to both navigate being in the leadership team and then also working with teachers and understanding and not having any issue with with being called a leader and also identifying as a teacher, right? And then I also think about, you haven't quite asked me this, but one of the things that, one of the problems I address is the Peter principle, which is, you know, the Peter principle and the other director. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's teachers get promoted out of their skill set. Right. So they're prom- promoted to coach in a sense. Right. And yep. here they are. They were excellent at teaching children. Now I'm coaching adults and they are rarely, if ever, supported in adult learning theory. Right. So that they, they default into I'm going to treat you how I want to be treated. I recently heard a, um, a coach talking about when I became coach, I thought to myself, what did I need from a coach? And I think that's completely misled. Yeah. We don't, we should not be asking, what did I need? It's what do they need? Right. Right. Because many times the coaches are, we're very quick learners, we're go-getters and and that's great. Right. And there's a subset of teachers that, that pivot quickly have a strong growth mindset. Right. And, and are willing to take risks. And there's a large group of teachers, my, in my experience, I call a lot of teachers like the, they were like the good kid growing up. A lot of teachers loved school, right? They, they did school well. They loved being in school. And so oh, let me, let me grow up and be a teacher. I love the way school works. Right. And so they, they wanted, they wanted, they want to do well. Right. Yeah. And so there's that, there's that kind of like, Oh no, I want to, I want to just tell me the direction. I want to follow the direction. Right? Did I do it right? There's a lot of perfectionism in teaching. Yeah. And so we need coaches to be able to work with people that weren't necessarily like them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big eye-opener. I did principal licensure programs for 13 years. And, and I, I love the point at which usually, if I was doing a good job, it came about halfway through the first semester where the, 
the students, or, you know, teachers started to say, oh, I didn't realize that all teachers weren't like me yeah. because they're starting to see you know, some of the things that are barriers to teacher growth mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to, and to realize, oh, you know, in some ways I'm kind of exceptional and, and, mm-hmm. and do all these things. And I think that's really a, um, a powerful moment and kind of a fun moment mm-hmm. because that gives you that opportunity to do something transformative. Yeah, exactly. And, and the, the other thing is, I think the, the whole way that instructional coaching came about, I left the classroom before we really had a lot of instructional coaches mm-hmm. and, and it seemed like it was a flavor of the decade, maybe not mm-hmm. flavor of the mm-hmm. month. But, mm-hmm. oh, we need instructional coaches, which we mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. but then people were promoted and, and mm-hmm. put into these roles. And not mm-hmm. only did we not do a great job of telling the instructional coaches what your job is, we didn't tell the administrators how to use them either. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. So there's this complete disconnect. Yeah, there is. And during the pandemic, you're seeing, especially this year, you're seeing instructional coaches being pulled all over the place. They are covering classes. They're doing any catch-all job that needs to get done there there I've, I've had instructional coaches be relegated to the computer room accounting for technology i mean which is a total misuse of talent in your building yeah yeah i've got assistant principals running buses so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> we can, yeah we can commiserate on that yeah okay so how can assistant principals and principals really work with instructional coaches and support them to get maximum value and impact? Well, I think first of all, have a strong um, strong communication and strong relationships. And that takes intentional building, right? And building trust. Mm-hmm. So within that team, first of all, right? When we've got to have, and, and also strong boundaries around what is confidential and what's not. Right. Because the, 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 the instructional coach's job is not to go tell on their teachers because that breaks trust and really to have just, you know, and to be transparent between, you know, each other. Right. And then also for the, the um, ICs to go to the teachers and say, look, these are the things I tell leadership. These are the things I don't tell leadership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And to be really clear. And that's I think that's super important as a foundation. OK. And then. Just like I was saying before, instructional coaches as the teacher's champion, literally, I, Brene Brown's um, uh, definition of leadership, a leader is anyone who takes responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes and who has the courage to develop that potential. And I see the coach's role being that. Okay. Right. And, and standing there, I'm standing for someone's potential, right? I'm going to do what I need to do to stand for your potential to help you get out of the barriers, whether it's a skill, a knowledge, or a mindset barrier that's keeping you stuck, right? I'm going to do what I need to do. And to communicate with the assistant principal on how that can happen. Okay. Right. So I see the assistant principal's job as empowering the coach to make that happen. All right. Um, we're going to have fun with this. Um, so a couple things. One, I, I like to, to try to teach administrators about the cube of development, 
right? So I think there's, there's five basic ways that most adults learn. The most powerful is self-reflection and self-exploration, right? Where uh-huh. I'm doing it on my own. Then there's the internal trainings that we have lots of, uh-huh. um, usually done a lot, PLCs, instructional coaches, you have somebody come from uh-huh. district. Uh-huh. And then you have those external trainings, uh-huh. which is, could be a consultant coming in the building and doing the kind of work that you and I do, or somebody goes off to a conference or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, peer and mentoring networks, which I think are the really the one of the strongest ways to go. Um, the, the great thing about them is they're teacher led usually, um, but that's also the, the weakness, right? Because teachers mm-hmm. don't have the time and sometimes mm-hmm. not the permission. And then the, the fifth thing is direct coaching. Mm-hmm. And, and I see... I see assistant principals fitting certain pieces of that and the Uh instructional coaches fitting pieces of that. And, and sometimes there's overlap, Mm -hmm. but I think clearly, you know, there's, there's different strengths. So do you want to react to that? Yeah, no, I think that's great. I have never heard it laid out that way. And so I am excited by that. Um, and I, I guess, you know, if I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about how, like where coaches fit, what pieces coaches fit in and what assistant principals, I'm also, well, assistant principals fit in. I'm curious what you think too. Um, I mean, I see, uh, um, I, di- I didn't write them down. So I'm going by memory now, but the, the first, tell me the first thing that you said. So self-reflection. So yes, yes. So I, I think coaches job is to help teachers reflect right be a partner in reflection and there can be vulnerability within that right like admit admit i'm admitting that i'm not doing everything perfectly right and so to be the safe space for teachers to be um vulnerable to make mistakes right it's safe to take risks here all of that right and there's no formal evaluation at all absolutely Um, and then um, assistant principals. Hmm. The, the, the pieces that I see, hmm, you know? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I'm not sure. I feel stumped. Yeah, well, and this is the problem, right? Yeah, that we don't that we can't easily access models. You and I can talk about coaching models. We can talk about teaching models. But when it comes to what should this relationship look like, that's a lot harder because there's there's not that kind of stuff out there. And yeah, and and it's, you know, assistant principals, it's like, you, you know, the what is it? But behavior buses and. Books, books, books there we and go. buses. <laughs> right? Chromebooks so much, now. I'm sorry? Chromebooks now. Chromebooks, right, exactly. You know, and there's clearly so much more to the job than yeah. that, right? And a lot of times you see that as a main part of the job. And I know right. I've certainly had assistant principals when I was a teacher that were incredibly influential over my, my teaching, right? Um. Well, okay. So here's a, here's a fun way we can go with this. So Mm -hmm. one of the big things that I have to do is to help assistant principals be more effective at dealing with those Mm -hmm. three B's Mm -hmm. so that they can start supporting teachers. And Mm -hmm. every AP I work with will tell you 
I want to get in classrooms. I want to be mm -hmm. an instructional leader, but it's so hard. Right. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And, and so the thing I need to do is to help them be able to manage those three B's uh -huh. and then get them in the classroom. And then we can start developing the skills, the observational skills and, and all that component. So what's your parallel on instructional coaches? What do they get tied up doing that's going to stop them from getting in and doing what you really would like to see them do? Oh, you're like ev everything. I mean, I, I've heard AB on a roll, handing out cookies, um, uh, counting laptops for an entire school, um, covering classes. I want that I can barely get to sit down to talk to me at all because she's constantly covering classes. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's different schools. It's a different flavor, but it's just being pulled to do anything that needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and I think these are all symptomatic of, to me, what, what is the essential problem mm -hmm. is that we don't take a systems approach to growing teachers. Mm -hmm. So we I agree. can send you to mm -hmm. conference, we can have a PD day. Oh, we, I guess our system is PLCs, which I put air quotes around that. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's the other thing that, that I'm trying to promote is that there is a system that the instructional leadership team meets that we have a set agenda that we have really clearly defined roles about what we do that we take a systems approach to teacher observation that we know why we're gathering data we package that data according to the need and then there there are clear things that we do with that data and how we support teachers and how we engage teachers Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, as we're talking and I'm really thinking about the AP role and the um, instructional coach role, and I think about partnership, leadership partnership, like partnership for the, the coach. I mean, rarely, if ever, I mean, usually there's like one coach per school. And if, if a school has more than one coach, they certainly, their roles don't cross over. They are, you know, you're reading, you're math, right? They're very separated. Right. And how wonderful would it be for, you know, an assistant principal to say, hey, look, I'm your thought partner here. When we are helping to grow teachers, we do this together and I'm here to support you and you're here to support me. Right. And we're kind of different parts of the body that surrounds and supports teachers. I had a really fun experience in, an L in a middle school and we had the principal, instructional coach and assistant principal all sitting at, at the table. And, and one of the things I do with those instructional leadership teams is, is say, I want you to think about every teacher and think about what are they, where are their strengths, where are their weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And, and then we had the three of them had conversations around that. And what was great was that you know, they were all different styles of teachers and now leaders. And so they saw different qualities and, mm -hmm. and the richness of that discussion helped you know, the assistant principal learn something from the instructional coach. The instructional coach learned something from the principal about those teachers. Mm -hmm. and, and then what they did was agree on what they were looking for when they went and observed those teachers, mm -hmm. not to evaluate, right? This was developmental. And, and so when they went in, they were looking consistently. So they're able to gather data on the same areas and then if they were going to leave some kind of feedback, they were leaving feedback on the same thing mm -hmm. instead of 
-hmm. everybody giving the teacher something different to think about, which, Mm -hmm. which can be really a challenge. Yeah, I agree. And I, that is very coordinated and I rarely if ever see that happening in schools, that type of coordination. Usually it's just, if you can get in the classroom, you got there and that was, it's considered a win. If you could go in and get into someone's classroom. Yeah, it's hard. And that's become my soapbox is really trying to drive a system. I have one school I work with that, that is stellar and they meet for 40 minutes every Monday at nine o'clock. And the instructional coach lets them know what, what the PD focuses are in the different grade levels. Um, They'll identify the look for's and, and it's great because if they're going to implement something in a grade level, then the administrators and the instructional coach are all out checking on that. And again, that's not a gotcha. That's we want to know, was our training successful? Because if, mm-hmm. if we did a good job, then you've implemented. If you're not implementing, then there's something we need to do to support you. Mm-hmm. And when you have all three of those people out gathering that data on those look for's, Mm-hmm. And then coming back and saying, okay, here's what we found. All right. So what's our next, you know, what's our next yeah. step? Whoa, we need to back up. What, ha- what happened here? Let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. And, and so you've got that, that I call that the, the normative part, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's a group, we're dealing with a group of teachers, which happens a lot. Um, but then we also have the formative, which is for an individual teacher. Mm-hmm. So they may be talking about that as well. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that kind of very focused support. And um, it makes me think about having a growth mindset culture. I'm really passionate about bringing growth mindset to adults. And we, when we talk about growth mindset, people immediately think about children. Yeah. (laughs) And and it's, 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 uh, it's very interesting to because it's adults also, right. Uh, operate under growth and fixed mindset. And a lot of the times when we have a teacher that's stuck, like not making progress, even though someone's working with them, many times is because they're operating under a fixed mindset in some way. Not all the time, but many times I found. Um, you know, thinking about that type of support that you were just describing is so powerful and the need to intentionally build a feedback culture. Yeah. Like we, we see feedback, not as threatening, but as an opportunity to improve and learn. Right. Yeah. And I, I try to be careful of using, uh, athletic context because mm-hmm. it's, it's overdone. Uh, yeah. but I do have a, a video that I'll show sometimes to my instructional leadership teams. And, and it's a, a football coach at university of Oklahoma and, and he is coaching on fire and he's, he's hands-on, he's explaining, he's demonstrating, he's, you know, touching the players and helping them feel kinetically where they Mm -hmm. should be. And this is university of Oklahoma and you don't have to be a fan, but these are some of the best football players in the world at what Mm -hmm. they do. And they are getting such intense coaching. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what I try to shift people's mindset that if we're doing this for the greatest athletes, why aren't we doing this for our teachers? And if we right. could flip that culture, mm-hmm. the teachers expecting that they're getting that intense level of support and that that's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. What can we do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that they're going to get an appropriate level of support. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So we're both, we've, we've talked off, off mic that we're both kind of Il- Elena Aguilar fans, mm-hmm. um, yeah. the art of coaching. And I'll, I'll put a link to that in the podcast. It's a great book. Um, I I've, I've working on my own model. I think you have your own coaching mm-hmm. model, yeah. uh, but I think we will both 
reference transformative coaching. So mm -hmm. when we think about traditional coaching, you know, directive, collaborative, reflective, those kinds of things, mm -hmm. and then transformative is, is unique and different and mm -hmm. not a lot of people really talk about it. And I think it is harder to understand. So let's talk about transformative coaching. Yeah. So yeah, it is very unique and it, and it works in the mindsets realm. Not and so I like to compare it to you know informational versus transformational or informative versus transformative same thing, right? So so informational coaching is those basic trainings that are very common in school. So that's I go I I add new knowledge to old knowledge that I had. That's what informational right, and that's what we, that's ninety nine point nine percent of the time that is what's happening in schools. Transformational learning is actually looking at, first of all, how do I know what I know? And working in the realm of being able to see things that we've never seen before. So it's we're starting to, to question, why do I know that? Why do I think that? Right? And looking at our mindsets underlying our knowledge. And when we do that, it's not that gradual, like, oh, I went to a training and I learned something. I took some notes. I learned something new and I'm going to implement this little thing. It's, it's context shifting. And when we, I like to say it's, um, it's like a goldfish in water, but what context is, is there's a little story, the two fish are swimming and one fish, another fish swims by and he says, the water's nice boys. And he keeps on swimming. And one fish turns to the other and he says, what's water? <laughs> That's our context. It's surrounding us and we don't even know. And transformational coaching is when you start to see the context, our water, what's in our water, right? And I, when I'm coaching, my, I have a whole model around this and, and I call it the doo-doo water. <laughs> Where they go when, when fish hang out in water, right? You know, the doo-doo water and they and they don't even think they think the world looks like that right right and we can start to, oh oh i have all these ways that i see the world what if i looked at it differently yeah and so our what, yeah our yeah. traditional coaching is about doing and transform, oh, yeah. transformative coaching is about seeing seeing exactly yep yep and thinking differently yep awesome okay so i think we've got one other piece here, which is talking about that line between administrative administration and instructional coaches. Mm -hmm. So at the same time that they need to work really closely together, teachers also need to know that they can share things with the coach in confidence. Mm -hmm. um, how do we work and keep that line in place? The line between administration and teachers? Yeah, to, to, so that teachers continue to feel safe going to that instructional coach. And yet the instructional coach can be part of that instructional leadership team. One of the, my favorite books is The Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey. Do you know okay. that book? It's, no. I have it right there. I'm going to show it to you. Um, I love this. I'll add a link to that in the show notes. Too. Yes, yes. The Speed of Trust. And I and I think it, he, he really, he breaks down trust into... Um, the confidence we have in someone's competence and character. Mm. And then um, really unpacks all of that. There's a lot of nuance within that. Um, and I think and, and part of building trust is being transparent about our intentions and motives and our agendas, right? Being transparent. Amen. And um, 
that is really, I, I, you know, navigating that line. It's, it's not about, there's a certain set of behaviors that we want between, you know, the, the administration and the teachers. It's that we decide what that is and communicate that very clearly and consistently and our behavior matches the thing that we say, right? We're walking our talk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Uh, transparency is, is so important at so many levels. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think that's one of the, the challenges we have when we talk about teacher uh, observing teachers. Mm-hmm. We're talking about four distinctly different things, and yet we don't really have the language to describe it. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I've been trying to, to work with people on because somebody will say, oh, well, I do was just popping in because I just wanted to see what was going on. Yeah. But we still call that a teacher observation versus even if we go in for a formal observation and we have walkthroughs, but walkthroughs can be formative, but they can also be summative, right? We Mm -hmm. can be getting evaluative data to that. Um, And and so that's I'm trying to teach people to be intentional about language and not only within the instructional leadership team, but but let's make it clear to teachers, right? Mm-hmm. Are yeah. we doing a normative observation, which is just yeah. following up on a training that we've done and gathering group data so that we can figure out our next step? Mm-hmm. Um, are we doing performative observation, which you're just performing for me because mm-hmm. as a AP or instructional coach, I, I'm just here to learn. I just mm-hmm. want to learn from you. So it's performative. Mm-hmm. Is it, um, <laughs> is, is it uh, formative? Mm-hmm. Right, which is, I think, what we traditionally think of in a coaching engagement. So mm-hmm. I'm going to gather the data and then we're going to come back and talk about it and figure out our next steps and mm-hmm. then evaluative. And I think if we have that language, that actually does make it easier to draw mm-hmm. that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also want to point out that any of those go, going a, a coach going into a classroom is not inherently helpful. And as a matter of fact, can be harmful especially if the intention or the outcome and or the outcome is not communicated. And many times I'm, I'm seeing coaches pop into classrooms, hang out for 10 minutes and leave with no sense of feedback, no post-it note left, nothing said to the teacher and the coach being like, I did a good job, made it into a classroom yeah. and the teacher being left with what was that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as we wrap up, I have three questions for you. Okay. First one is, what part of your own leadership are you still trying to get better at? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm very uh, people-centered. I'm very relation. I'm relationship for like relationship-based coaching in a sense. Uh-huh. And um, if I specifically with school leaders, if I'm working with school leaders and looking at data, for example, and they're giving me pushback, I don't want to, they don't, I don't want to look at the data, right? Or there's some kind of pushback. I tend to lean on my relationship with them versus uh, being more direct. Okay. And I I would, I, uh, I am growing in the world of like, nope. It's time to be really direct with you because yeah. we've, we've got to get to the heart of this. Okay. You're probably living the same thing that a lot of the instructional coaches are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if listeners could take away just one thing and your listeners here are assistant principals. So mm-hmm. 
what's one thing that you would like assistant principals to take away from this conversation? I would like assistant principals. Um, the one thing I want assistant principals to take away is don't treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat people the way they want to be treated. And that is including your instructional coaches, right? We don't want to assume that they think like you and that they're motivated like you, right? And your teachers, your teachers are a diverse group of people that are all motivated uniquely. Yeah, that's great. That's powerful. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, I'd like to let people know where they can find me. Yeah, I have that prompt in here. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, okay. Um, is there anything else? Um, oh, is there anything else? Let me think for a moment. Yeah, I, I, want, I, I want people to really keep in mind that we want our teachers to grow in, in, in their skills and knowledge right? And the pandemic is still happening. And most, if not all districts incorporated one whole new curriculum, if not two, specifically reading and math, right? And we're seeing teachers learning a lot of new and underlying all human behaviors are people's mindsets and motivations. And we want to make sure that we are getting trained ourselves to address people's underlying mindsets and motivations when we want teacher behaviors to change. That sounds like the whole educator. <laughs> it is. Mindsets and motivations <laughs> matter. <laughs> okay. So I'll include links in the show notes, but if listeners want to find out more about what you do, where should they go? Uh, Thewholeeducator.com. Um, on my website, you can download uh, my free ebook. Uh, you can see some free coaching tips that I have in little 30 second videos. Um, yeah, come check out my website. I have lots of offerings, um, including a membership that I will be opening up next month. And uh, I will also be starting a podcast for instructional coaches. So let oh, your yay. coaching <laughs> friends know. <laughs> well, and and I guess I, I should, I'll plug for the um the tips for instructional coaches, because you, you see a lot of that kind of, here's 10, I think you had 15 tips. I can't remember. 17. Mm -hmm. 17. Mm -hmm. um, you see a lot of that. And the thing that really impressed me when I looked at yours was they weren't just the same old, same old. I, I thought yeah. they really offered some good insight. So not mm -hmm. only for instructional coaches, but I would encourage assistant principals to go to mm -hmm. the whole educator.com and, and download that the um, mm -hmm. coaching book because th those are really good tips. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. They, I appreciate you saying that. It's a high compliment. Yeah, no, they were good. I enjoyed it. So, okay. I believe that's everything. Um, so Becca, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking time out of your, out of your day to share with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was a really rich conversation. Good, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> So, APs, if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and rate this podcast. I'm always trying to improve the show. So if you have feedback for me, please email me at frederick at frederickbuskey.com. If you'd like more content tailored towards the needs of assistant principals, you can head over to my website at frederickbuskey.com. Uh, and there will be links to in the show notes to all the things we talked about. So that wraps up today's show. I'm Frederick Buskey, and I hope you'll join me next time for the Assistant Principal Podcast.